0: Hey, this is Joseph Thompson. Thanks for listening to the Open Spaces podcast. Why don't you sit back, relax, and join me as we take a journey together into wide open spaces. Welcome guys, and it's great to have you back on uh, another episode of Open Spaces, and today, I have with me um, someone whom I'm obliged to say is my favorite guest, and hopefully will be your favorite guest. She's been on uh, once every season, and uh, welcome my wife, Shola, everybody. Hey, Shola, say hi to our folks. Ooh,
1: drum roll, please. Yeah, there Hello. you go.
0: All right, don't get too excited.
1: But I am. Uh, I'm yeah, excited.
0: W- what are you excited about?
1: I don't know. I just don't get to do this often. I know you do, but it's like, yeah.
0: All right, very good. So, uh, let the people see how professional you are. Oh, of course. So, here's... here's, uh, Obviously, you and I started a business together um, a few few years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's been such a whirlwind, you didn't even realize it. (laughs) So, I want to ask you, we started a business called Rehoboth Home Care Services. um, But for most, uh, it's known in the... At least... Uh, For a lot of our clients, as RHC, because it's a lot easier. It's a lot less of a mouthful to say Mm -hmm. RHC than it is to say Rehoboth Home Care. Um, How long have you been a part of RHC, and why did you get involved?
1: For obvious reasons. My husband started this whole idea. And, um, yeah, I just kind of like to roll with him from time to time. (laughs) No, really... um, pretty much from, not from the very, very beginning, because obviously you got the the dream, the idea, but before that, we'd been dreaming together, talking about something that we could do, you know, for the rest of our lives, because we're not getting any younger. and our Speak productive, for yourself. <laughs> our productive years are kind of, you know, uh, Diminishing. counting down. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> so we were thinking, okay, uh, what, what kind of, you know, just kind of dreaming about the future, and then when uh, you got the the dream for this particular venture, and you shared it with me, I was like, oh, yes, okay, let's What go.
0: is it about this, uh, when I shared it with you, what is it about it that struck a chord in you?
1: Well, being in ministry as long as we have, and I know you're the one who was in like full-time ministry, but the truth is we were both in ministry together. For sure. Uh, being in ministry as long as we have, we've always taken care of people in one way or another, to one degree or another. So this didn't feel different. It just felt like now focusing on a specific demographic. but
0: And also something that we were actually doing together actively every day. Because like you say, I was in full-time ministry. Right. And while we did ministry together, caring for people, mm-hmm. I was the one who actually was working right. uh, mm-hmm. uh, getting paid an income to mm-hmm. do full-time ministry although yeah. we
1: were always a bogo package it was always buy one get one free with us yeah that's <laughs> true uh not
0: now <laughs> N- now you got to pay for it <laughs> yeah okay so th- that's really good um So uh, tell our audience, what is RHC? What do we do? What is it all about? Uh, Because you mentioned taking care of people. So what Mm -hmm. really is RHC about? And what does a day... In your life, working at RHC or running RHC or being part of RHC, look like?
1: Well, RHC is a home health agency. And um, contrasting that in the state of Florida with a home care agency, that just means that we provide in home care to our clients who are mainly seniors, you know, elderly, but not solely, because we do have some clients that are not seniors but they have a form of uh, physical dis- disability that requires that they need assistance in the home so we send caregivers who we hire who are our employees and the caregivers going to the homes or facility it doesn't have to be a home to take care hands-on care
0: so when you say facility um
1: assisted living an assisted facility, living facility independent okay. living okay. facility mm-hmm. all right good so our caregivers actually provide the hands-on care, whatever care that particular client needs, whether it be activities of daily living, like bathing, dressing, you know, helping with meal prep and, you know, anything of that nature that they require. Okay. So that's what we do, uh, just generally speaking. And um, obviously there are nuts and bolts that...
0: And what does that look like for you? So uh, on a typical day, let's use a typical day. Uh, t- today for instance wouldn't be a typical day because uh, you don't spend uh, time recording a podcast so <laughs> what on should. a typical day would would <laughs> would you be doing
1: well I am blessed fortunate whatever what word you want to use to have a an assistant who is a real a real help you know she helps to she's she's the caregiver team manager she she's the scheduler. So usually when I come into the office, the first thing I do is we touch base. You know, I touch base with her. Okay, what's what's happened since the last time we spoke, which is usually the day before. So we touch base. Um, I, you know, I usually have emails, whether it's with vendors, with clients, uh, sometimes with caregivers. I try to kind of ha- let her, you know, delegate the care of the caregivers to her because that is her primary function, but... Um, yeah, so I, I I run the books for the for the business. So there's that, and then I um, also do um, whatever I learning learning whether it's learning new systems or kind of brushing up on something that you know that I don't didn't know or was, weren't too comfortable with. Or, so yeah.
0: let me interrupt. So systems and software in this specific space are uniquely different from. Other spaces then?
1: Uh, yeah, they can be. There is, um, we do have industry-specific systems and software that particularly, um, specifically relate to the home health or home care industry. So there's always something to learn. Um, I do, I'm part of a few uh, groups, you know, support groups, you know, of, of, of my peers, of our peers, you know, um, home fellow home care operators. There's always something to learn from other people's experiences. Or tapping into other people's knowledge. You know, the goal is always to grow and be the best that one can be. So
0: That's really good. Um, as you know, um, uh, much of my life, as long as you've known me, at least for sure, I've been...
1: Which is much of your life.
0: Which is much of my life, true. <laughs> wow. Believe wow. it. <laughs> All right. I, I guess, I, guess I, I just had a nostalgic moment there. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, I've always been a big believer in lessons along the way. Mm-hmm. This is a phrase that I've used uh, consistently. In fact, I, I, I wrote uh, a series of three ebooks, and they were all titled Lessons Along the Way, mm-hmm. with, with specific focuses in each one. But um, the, the concept for me is that on every life is in itself a journey. And on a journey, there are things specifically that you are doing. To navigate that journey best to make that journey most successful I mean you don't just get up and say I'm heading here I 'm not counting the cost I'm not taking any money I'm not taking any shelter I'm not I'm just going you you have a plan and uh, of course the plan doesn't always come to fruition but there's a system that you put in place because you're heading in a specific direction so um, over the last uh, three odd years or two and a half years of RHC um, being in existence. Uh, Tell our audience a couple of positive lessons that you've learned from your journey.
1: Oh, um, for sure. The first, the biggest one, I believe, is just trusting God, you know, every step of the way, especially when you start a new venture. There are a lot of unknowns. There are a lot, of highs and lows and lesson, lessons that you learn, things that you learn sometimes the hard way. And at the end of the day, it's just, it's all about trusting God because we can do things, you know, in our own power or in our own steam and eventually we're going to lose um some momentum or lose some focus or lose some energy somewhere along the way when we're trusting in our own strength. And at least I know for me, that's exactly what happens. So for me, definitely the biggest lesson is trusting God and remembering to trust God. It's not a one-time lesson for me. And then um, the second thing is, you know, just developing compassion, even in a greater measure for not only our clients, because we step into their lives and we come alongside them to help to add value, make their lives better, make their lives easier. And along the way, we get to know them. We get to know their stories. We know their family members. We know their struggles. And the, the compassion that that elicits is just second to none. We couldn't get it any other way. You can't get it off the pages of a book or just by knowing of someone. And then also compassion for their loved ones, their family members, especially those of them that are the primary caregivers for the clients, they honestly, truly get tired. They mm. get, you know, they need respite. They, they need support. And, you know, I found myself, you know, unknowing or, or unintentionally just being a support for some of the caregivers because they, they love their loved ones. They don't want to put them in a facility or in a nursing home. But caring for them can be very draining and so the compassion also, not only for the clients, but also for their family members that really do love them and want to, want to give them a quality of life, good quality of life.
0: That's an incredible lesson. And I, I would say that um, when it comes to doing ministry, um, I've probably never felt more fulfilled um, than I do now because I realize that we're caring for people who are in a season of life where they need help, even if they don't want it. They need it, and th- there's a lot of humility required in in um, recognizing that you're at a season of life where maybe you're incontinent or you're beginning to yeah. struggle with dementia, yeah. and you have this strange person coming into your house, mm-hmm. uh, stripping you naked yeah. to clean you up and uh, feed you and all of that, and it's got, because these people's brains... Or minds, uh, or memories are as strong and as functioning as they ever were, but yet um, you, you have to, yeah, their bodies have betrayed yeah. them. And, and so it is this that has been my greatest uh, learning point, this compassion that you talk about mm-hmm. in walking into homes because uh, we've both had the privilege of caring hands-on for different right. clients of ours. Right. And uh, I've, I've come to really uh, love... The, the the things that I learn, the, the lessons that I'm learning from seeing how people who are really mm-hmm. in a very difficult uh, season of life um, have to humble themselves and let strangers in to provide the care that they need, uh, whether right. it's uh, giving a bath to a person who is young, but whose body has betrayed them through MS or whatever it is. And I'm standing there and uh, this person is completely naked. And, um, I, I have to, I have to be, I have to make myself feel to them like yeah. I'm a normal part of their lives. Right. I, I'm there. Uh, and, um, there's nothing that's going on that's out of the ordinary. Just try my best to help them feel as normal and uh, as uh, uh, as normal yeah. as possible. That's pres- it. Preserve, yeah. their yeah. preserve their dignity. Preserve their dignity, exactly. which was a key factor of, in fact, it is one of our values, for right. sure. Okay, okay. so um, as we're coming to the end of this time, answer this question for me. What would you do differently? Considering now that you're almost three years into this journey, what would you do differently?
1: Oh, boy, what would I do differently? I think I would pay better or closer attention to work-life balance because especially at the beginning when you're doing a lot of the functions by yourself it's very easy to spread oneself thinly and just kind of spend endless hours on the on the job you know like working the business and inadvertently your personal life can kind of suffer you know your relationships whether it's with family with friends you just find that it's all consuming and that's that's a Highway to burnout, right there. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, I think I would would definitely do that different. You know, just realize that. Look, just pace yourself. Yeah, (laughs) you're in this thing for the long haul. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Is the old cliche. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Fantastic. Well, um, uh, uh, I want to ask you one more question, and then I'm going to ask you to give people information about how they can get a hold of RHC if they need care. And I'm saying that up front so that if people need to grab a pen or a paper, well, most people will just take the information down on their phones <laughs> these days. But yeah. whatever the case, um, people can get ready for that. But here's the, the question I'm going to ask before that. Uh, why, why don't you tell us a story um, about an experience in caregiving that you've had personally? Because I uh, uh, our audience needs to be aware that uh, you have, in times past, given care to clients. Many times yeah. you've gone to mm-hmm. the clients' homes to give care. So, mm-hmm. tell us a story about uh, uh, an experience that you've had. Well,
1: I'd never before we started this business, I'd, I'd never really provided care, not in a, not in the the way that. That, that we do in the business Not in know, a hands-on not, way Not in a hands-on way, exactly So, But I've had situations where You know, we had a last-minute call-out Like maybe a caregiver got sick And, you know, you get that call like an hour before their shift starts where they're like, oh, I'm not able to make it. Don't you love that? Oh, man.
0: (laughs) And it's a 12-hour shift. Oh,
1: gosh. And you're like, oh, great. And, of course, there's there's not enough time to find somebody to fill that shift. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to call this particular family member because I know their situation. And I know that this would definitely just devastate them. So I would have to step in and take care of the client myself. And it, it that's been helpful to actually be able to provide the hands on care because not only does it kind of give me an appreciation for what the process is, and it also allows me to bond somewhat with the client. And but yeah, it's not it's not fun and games, and it's not pleasant work. You know, um, all the time there are aspects of this job that are um downright dirty, you know, and messy and unpleasant, but. I always think of the fact that this could be my mother, this could be my father, or this could be me one day. And so how would I want somebody to handle? And I remember the very first time that I had to clean a client, you know, who was incontinent. And I'm not just talking about cleaning them like with the, the liquid cleaning, but the the other type too. And That was very, you know, and I, there's no, I was not going to let the client know that, hey, I'm just kind of new at this too. And so I just kind of, you know, faked it and just pretended that, oh, it's a day in the life of of Shola, you know, but it taught me respect, you know, to respect the client and to also, like I said earlier, we need to provide their dignity because it's not a dignified position that they're in when they know that somebody is cleaning their waste because you know their body is just not able to hold on to it, you know, uh, uh, to, till a convenient time. But so I, I just chose to see it as an honor. That okay, this is unpleasant, but it is an honor, and I have to see it that way. And it sh- it shifted my perspective, and it definitely helped to um, to to give we- weight or meaning to a menial task.
0: Wow. Amazing, and uh, I hate that we've come to the end of this uh, podcast Aww. already so quickly. Uh, Aww, time me. flies when you're having fun, but yeah, <laughs> I love uh, that we get to do this, but yeah. I, I'll be honest, the thing I love most is that we get to do it together. We've, yeah. we've built this together yeah, uh, and are building it together. Yeah. Um, uh, having been married this year for 34 years, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to look as we head towards... Um, our twilight years—not there yet, but heading there. Mm. Uh, we we Speak for uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I cradle Rob, didn't I? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. There you go. <laughs> As we head towards our twilight years, I think it's important to know that we're building something that, for both of us, uh, we consider really meaningful and yeah. uh, life-changing. Okay, so uh, tell our audience if if uh, people are listening and they thought, "Wow, I didn't even know you guys did this, provided this service," but I have a relative. But- uh, yeah, have I have a been? relative who who um, needs this kind of care. Can you uh, tell me um, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Oh, sure. I of mean, you can, you can go on our website. Our website is Rehoboth Home Care, R-E-H-O-B-O-T-H, homecare.com.
0: All one or, word, Rehoboth All one word,
1: Rehoboth Home Care.com. Mm-hmm. Or you could call us, 321 348 331 and you'll get to hear Joseph's lovely voice giving you options for what extension you want, and you can choose whichever way, depending on who you want to speak to. You know, just yeah. you know, but that's our number 321-348-3331.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on uh, the podcast today, and I know the people will love you.
1: Oh, right. what's not to love? No, I'm kidding. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I'll see you guys next week.
1: All right, God bye bless. now.
0: Thanks for joining us on The Open Spaces Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please like it and share it with your friends. We'd really love to connect with you. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Open Spaces Podcast.